My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Steve Turney hosts a great podcast geared toward mental health marketers called The Boost. Steve, tell listeners what you cover on the show. The Boost is our podcast, and the tagline is Conversations with People Promoting Mental Health. And that's what it is. So it's marketers, company executives, therapists, and mental health advocates talking about what they're doing to move this industry and this important thing called mental health forward. Amazing. And where can people subscribe? I'm big on LinkedIn, so you can find us there, just uh, slash Steve Turney, or you can find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Boost wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. I'm Nick Westergaard, and this is On Brand, helping you tell your story. My guest this week is Raj Venkatesan. AI is something that is going to help marketers, but if you are in marketing, you do what you do best, provide excellent and superior customer service. And what AI does is allows you to scale this customer service and personalize. Raj is the co-author of the AI Marketing Canvas, a five-stage roadmap to implementing artificial intelligence in marketing. He is the Ronald Trzinski Professor of Business Administration in the Darden Graduate School of Business Administration at the University of Virginia. His writing has appeared in the Journal of Marketing and Harvard Business Review, among others, and he is the co-author of Marketing Analytics. Raj, welcome to On Brand. Thank you for having me here, Nick. It's my pleasure to be uh, here talking with you. I am excited to chat with you. And, you know, one thing that, you know, we'll link up to uh, to the book and to a picture of the book's cover, but when I got the book, you know, there's the, the whole uh, judging a book by one's cover. And and this book is, is, is a wonderful kind of, I want to say almost uh, the concepts, maybe it's not a contradiction, but you talk about AI, which most of us as marketers think about as this this next level thing, and then use the the idea of a canvas from kind of the, the other side of the brain, the, the artistic side of it, and it's a beautiful cover. Uh, so I, I judge the book by a cover in, in a very positive way here. But tell me about these, these, these two concepts. What's the relationship? Uh, Nick, uh, that's a fabulous observation you make there. Uh, this was something that... Uh really was something that uh, Jim, my co-author, and I really thought about is how to 
make AI, like you said, for most marketers is math and coding, but it is affecting marketing. And how do we do it in a way that communicates with marketing leaders in a way that is relevant for them? Um, which means what we're trying to do in the book is tell marketers, if you want to improve your marketing, how can AI help? So we are putting marketing front and center and saying AI is going to help you. That's the approach we take. To do that, you, of course, need to know what this thing is and what it does, and you need some working knowledge of it. And that's kind of what we try to do here. But we really don't look into coding and we wanted the canvas because uh, we all like business model canvas and it's a planning tool. And when you want to scale AI implementations, you're really bringing in a lot of people in your team. Uh, it's a lot of people with different backgrounds coming together, working towards a common objective. And the canvas really reflects that and provides a working document for the team to work together in using AI in their marketing. And it also reflects the fact that we view this as a journey, as a process, rather than a tool you buy and you turn the switch on. That's fascinating. And in in looking at the book, I, I love how you frame things in terms of uh, these two questions that I think that you continue kind of hitting the nail on the head in terms of of, of what we're looking for and, and asking here. Uh, because you note the first of those two questions of marketers uh, you and Jim, how should modern marketers be thinking about artificial intelligence and machine learning? So, so that's a big question. Would you mind unpacking that a bit? Sure. Uh, yes. So the the scenario when we present this in the book is it's like a made up fictional scenario. It's a bit fastidious, but uh, not too uncommon is, you know, like, the CEO asking the CMO, what's our AI strategy? And the CMO, you know, like rushing back to his or her team and asking, what is our AI strategy? And that is the answer we want to give first in the book is what is the North Star? What do you do with AI? And the approach we take here is that uh, AI is something that is going to help marketers. But if you are in marketing, you do what you do best, provide excellent and superior customer service. And what AI does is allows you to scale this customer service um, and personalize it. So what do I mean by that? So the uh, example I like is, you know, there's a coffee shop in Charlottesville called Shenandoah Joe. It was started by Mr. Joe and, you know, a gregarious guy. And it's a nice coffee shop, but the attraction is Mr. Joe. And, you know, if he's there, he'll greet you by the name if he knows you. And he's involved in the local farmer's market. He knows people. And he really provides a personal experience when you come to his store. Now, Mr. Joe has gotten... um, you know, popular. He's opened us uh, two or three stores in Charlottesville, uh, and 
you know, you can see probably Mr. Joe in one of these stores, not in the other two. Now, what if he gets even more popular, wants to go to Richmond, Williamsburg, Virginia Beach, or D.C., and suddenly he's Starbucks and has 19 million people on its on his loyalty program, how can he still deliver the same kind of personalized, warm welcome and uh, experience uh, for all his 19 million customers? And that's the challenge Starbucks faces. And so where AI can help is allow Mr. Joe to still be, still have the same feeling in the first store that he opened when he's opening a 6,000th store. And that is what AI allows is personalization for every customer interaction at scale. You know that is I, I love that 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 story the example of of Mr. Joe's because I think when a lot of us another contradiction that we as marketers get hung up with with AI is <laughs> and and your uh, your your story about the CEO asking the CMO I'm sure that that will ring true for uh, for many out there listening and I think the fear that many feel when asked that is oh no, it's this other thing outside of my core competency. It feels like something that is from a different school of thought that's going to be a different additive to my marketing when, as you just as you just kind of sketched out in that scenario in the story of, of Mr. Joe's, it, it's, it's about scaling what you're best at. It's not about adding something else, some other... Uh, challenging ingredient to what you're making, it's 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 really doing things like scale, like growth, which which are key, but but are a hangup, especially when you look at at a service business. Absolutely, that's well said. That it is actually adding to what you are doing, um, or sorry, what you said was it makes it better what you're already doing, rather than add another layer of complexity. Right? It's making you better with what you're actually doing. And so that's kind of what we said, uh, proceeded with, is this customer experience, customer engagement uh, comprises of four components, acquisition, retention, growth, and advocacy. And that is comes from the academic literature and also what we see in um, real-life uh, case studies of different companies that marketers really are focused on these four decisions. And what AI does is allows marketers to personalize each of those decisions. So is there an example of, of, of a brand that is, that is following one of, those, um, one, one of those decisions that you just noted? Uh, sure, yes. Uh, so we talk about a few brands there in our book, in the AI canvas. And... Um, I'll start with Coca-Cola. Uh, I, I purposely wanted brands that were not, you know, tech brands and really focus on traditional brands. And uh, with Coke, uh, their main challenge was um, they sell through grocery stores and that's a great channel for them. They've been very successful with it. Uh, but for AI, you need first-party direct consumer data. You need to know who the customer is and what their preferences are if you want to personalize it to them. So uh, Coke 
very uh, wisely started uh, collecting this first party data through their smart vending machines. So the vending machines where you can mix and match the Coke drinks, that's the, those are the smart vending yeah, machines. Yeah. Right. And they're all IoT enabled. So Coke understands like what you're mixing in those. Now, it's not a great, uh, big, uh, complex mathematical model, but it goes to show just that information gets you a long way. The first thing they did was uh, they ensured personalized uh, retention. What do I mean by that is that... um, you can stockouts. Most people don't think about stockouts when they think about marketing, but it's very important because if you have a stockout, you could lose a customer. And what the smart vending machines allow is to ensure the machines don't run out of a flavor. They know if it is going down, they can refill it. So that's a direct consequence of connecting and digitizing your operations you can get some retention personalized to the location the second thing they did was they discovered the combination that most of america was mixing and with coke you really are talking about the whole country right and that's their scale and what they found was the most popular combination in their smart vending machine was uh, Sprite Cherry. Now, you could not have guessed that with any amount of focus groups or any amount of market research that that's the brand that is going to come out as the winner. But that's the flavor that came out. And by understanding this, they then launched uh, Sprite Cherry in the grocery store and it was their one of their uh, biggest hits in the recent years. And that was a direct consequence of the data they could collect from the smart vending machines. That was growth. Now, what you see in um, these kind of uh, instances when you're getting good at it is that you can build a new business line, a new monetization opportunity. So what Coke did was it uh, launched Powerade Power Centers. This is where personalization really takes root for them. Uh, is the Powerade Power Center is a a smart vending machine of Powerade, but it's uh, personalized for uh, college football teams. Now, there's so many college football players in a team. Each of them have different uh, physiques, uh, different needs, different positions they play. They have different exercises and different routines each day. And their needs for glucose and sugar varies. So the Powerade Power Center allows the coaching team to customize the drinks for each uh, football player for each day. And then uh, they can also uh, take the Powerade Power Center to the sidelines. And that's what they did with their first customer of this project was uh, Louisiana State, the year they won the national championship. And uh, of course, uh, Coke has a a nice marketing spin on this is like the juice they created for Louisiana State out of this was called the tiger juice. So that's like a nice little uh, side anecdote there about what they did. 
but you can see the whole journey from digitization of operations to ensure no stock out to creating a new product from the combination from crowdsourcing uh, customer information to really uh, creating a product that personalizes uh, the drinks to uh, individual athletes uh, training routines. Well, those are fascinating stories and applications. And when you mentioned all of that, you you, you noted Sprite Cherry, and that is uh, that is my son's favorite favorite soft drink. And I'm able to get it at the store. And I will tell him because we all know how hard it is to explain all of us marketers listening what it is that we do to our ki- or what what how we spend our time, what, what we do for a living. I'll yeah. just say that a, a marketer was responsible for, for Sprite Cherry's existence. I should, I should get some points there. That, that will make you a superhero. <laughs> On Brand, we'll be right back after this. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Steve Turney hosts a great podcast geared toward mental health marketers called The Boost. Steve, tell listeners what you cover on the show. The Boost is our podcast and the tagline is conversations with people promoting mental health. And that's what it is. So it's marketers, company executives, therapists, and mental health advocates talking about what they're doing to move this industry and this important thing called mental health forward. Amazing. And where can people subscribe? I'm big on LinkedIn, so you can find us there, just uh, slash Steve Turney, or you can find the show at marketingpodcasts.net, or search for The Boost wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. Now, back to the show. In the book, you note that, you know, kind of beyond how we should think about this, you break down a framework that talks about strategy and implementation. So now that we are thinking differently, and this is especially timely going into a new year, where should a a brand start in considering uh, potential AI overlays? So uh, that's an excellent uh, question. And the canvas really is meant to provide you a, tool to answer this in the sense that we start with now, tomorrow, long is our idea in the canvas. 
And really, it provides in the back of the book, we provide a questionnaire to see where, what have you achieved already and what is coming next. So uh, the reason I say that is the canvas starts with the foundation where it starts with collection of data. Uh, first-party customer data. It could be that you are a startup or you are a direct-to-consumer brand where uh, uh, where you have all this data or you're a bank or a car credit card with a loyalty program and you already have the data foundation uh, and you're now looking to see where to go. So if you are, uh, if your data foundation is strong, then what you're doing is running uh, several experiments to see which one is suitable for you for personalization. And the place to begin is what we call as value pockets. Uh, What you're trying to do is to see where there is a need for personalization from customers. Uh, You could personalize the color combinations of your packages, but is that really going to change the customer preferences? Or is it like in Coke's case, the drink itself? And those are what we call as value pockets, uh, pockets of customer experience that create value from personalization. And as a brand, you uh, need to see, you will have an understanding of what drives your customer preferences and see where personalization is possible there and let a few experiments run. And that would be the first step after the data foundation to really start figuring out what your individual uh, journey is through AI. So in talking about relevant data and that data foundation, I feel like we have so much these days. How do you know if you have a strong data foundation? Uh, Great question. The way you would, you, you know, you never have the perfect data. Let me start there. And if you are, if you want, if you wait for that perfect data, it'll be too late before your competition will get ahead of you. Uh, so, how do you know you have the perfect data? Is basically, are you do you have enough information to do the personalization you want? Uh, so, if you're running an email campaign, do you have the email list? And if you if you want to customize the subject line. Uh, Do you know the preferences of the customers in terms of, for example, do you know the name and do you know uh, their past purchase history uh, to know what kind of products they bought to make an inference about um, uh, what new products to sell to them? So it could be as basic as I have the customer's email ID. I know what they bought before. I know their name. That will allow me to run an email campaign. So that is a data foundation to begin with. So depending on the task, do you have the in, enough information to execute the task? And that's kind of how we think about data foundation uh, rather than a massive project where you collect all sorts of information uh, beforehand. So it's almost like an iterative process. Well, and you just said the magic word uh, again there in, in terms of process. Because like so many things in marketing, especially it feels like as we as we come across new advances in marketing, it, we're, we're consistently moving away from a place where we have things that we can, can set and forget 
that this is something that's ongoing, that even even Coke isn't stopping at at Sprite Cherry. So how are how what does the ongoing AI work look like internally uh, for marketing teams? So the ongoing, once you start with the experiments, uh, and the experiments are primarily around personalizing one aspect of customer engagement. So that could be either acquisition, retention, growth, or advocacy. And once you know some ROI gains from that, you are looking at looking at adjacent activities. So if you had um, personalized acquisition, can I personalize retention, and so forth. And around this time, you're also appointing a marketing champion for AI. Uh, and this person's role is uh, spearheading the activities for uh, AI and really also coordinating with the other groups like operations or finance or sometimes even customer experience is a different group. Um, and the objective here is to do more than one activity uh, try to personalize it and try to use AI in personalizing it. The step after that is uh, where you're really transforming your entire uh, customer experience using AI and personalization. At this time, it becomes a board level activity because you're uh, so far you may have worked with a vendor and around this time you um, you bring the capabilities in-house. Either you build it or you buy an AI company. And so those are heavy, big investments that require um, involvement from the C-suite. But hopefully you have got the data from the experimentation stage till now that will give you the financial backing and the numbers to say justify this investment. After transformation is really the last stage which we see as monetization which is where you saw with the Powerade Power Center or with Starbucks that we were talking um, uh, earlier, uh, they have done really well with AI, but they've also created a platform for other coffee shops to use their technology to personalize their own the, uh, their own customer experiences. So you're really creating a new revenue source because you've become best in class in this um, uh, category. So it's a journey of starting with data experimentation to transformation and monetization. Um, and we talk about in the book a lot of success stories, but there are also you know things that didn't go well along the way that you learn from and use those learnings and put it to play in your next uh, experiment or next phase. So say someone is out there listening to this episode, thinking about all of this, and you just mentioned appointing a, an AI, a marketing champion for AI internally. Say someone's listening out there thinking, you know what, I, I should jump on that. That should be me. They're listening to this podcast. Obviously, the next step would be to buy the book, uh, the AI marketing canvas. But from there, what should this person that wants to be that marketing champion for for AI, what, what's the what's the next first big step? 
I think the first step is to use the can. I mean, I would, uh, you know, I really think you should, uh, the canvas tool and the questionnaire that comes along with it gives you a list of exhaustive checklist of things you need to think about and things you need to find out about your current activities, right? So the first step is an audit of what we are doing now and what kind of data do we have now and what is needed next. And I would say that is the first step, is to find out what your team is up to and uh, what all activities are going on and have a list, have an audit of that and see what data is used for that. And then look at the canvas to see which stage we are in and where do we go next. Great questions, great things to consider. Now, for something Theoretically, much easier. Raj, it is time for me to ask you for a brand that has made you smile recently. You know, Nick, <laughs> that's, uh, I would say Nick has made me smile recently. <laughs> Beyond Nick, uh, I would say uh, recently, I think yeah, just a few days back this week, uh, Ford announced that they are stopping... Uh, to take new orders for their F-150 electric trucks. That made me smile because uh, I think that's a great sign for the move towards electric uh, vehicles, and um, it bodes well for our ability to uh, move away from fossil fuels for cars, and that really put a smile on me that, wow, this is... uh, as mainstream as it gets when it is Ford F-150, and there's strong interest for their electric uh, trucks. Absolutely. That's a great smile. My uh, father-in-law and brother-in-law both drive Ford F-150s, and it's, uh, it's you know, the, the, the one of the, I think for a long time, the, like, top-selling uh, model. So if we've got, if we are closer to meeting that need absolutely hit the nail on the head and hopefully some some big smiles for years to come raj where can folks go to learn more about who you are and what you do so uh the website we have is uh, aimcbook.com and uh my uh, the university of virginia has a website for uh the professors and uh, that is primarily where a lot of my details are. I do have two courses on Coursera uh, on marketing analytics and um, yeah, AI in marketing. Um, so those would be some venues where uh, you can find more about uh, uh, what I do and uh, I share information in those uh, websites. Awesome. Well, again, we'll link up to all of that in our show notes at onbrandpodcast.com. Raj, thanks for being on brand with us. Thank you, Nick. Great to be here. And if you like what you're hearing, if we've made you smile, remember you can listen free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever your favorite platform may be. Until next week, I'm Nick Westergaard, and I'll see you on the internet.
You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Steve Turney hosts a great podcast geared toward mental health marketers called The Boost. Steve, tell listeners what you cover on the show. The Boost is our podcast, and the tagline is Conversations with People Promoting Mental Health, and that's what it is. So it's marketers, company executives, therapists, and mental health advocates talking about what they're doing to move this industry and this important thing called mental health forward. Amazing. And where can people subscribe? I'm big on LinkedIn, so you can find us there, just uh, slash Steve Turney, or you can find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Boost wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.